Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The mind of an unbeliever is death. There's no life in it. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Well, how can I have a mind controlled by the Spirit? I'm in the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God speaking. He wrote the book to me. Now, Proverbs says this, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, so is she. See, how we think in our minds determines how we live. Stop and ask yourself what the ideal version of you would be. Now, compare that with the current you. How big of a gap between the two is there? How do you think you're going to get closer to that ideal you? If you really want to know how to do that, listen to Pastor Mark's teaching today. He'll be talking about how to become the person that you know deep inside you should be. Using scripture, Pastor Mark will tell you about the barriers both inside you and around you that want to keep you from God's best for you. Then he'll give Bible-based tips on how to get closer and stay closer to God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Mark chapter 6 as he continues his series, Come Apart, or come A-P-A-R-T. Here's number three. We feed ourselves spiritually by meditating on the Bible. Now, meditation, biblically, spiritually, is very different than meditation with yoga and all that kind of jazz. Meditation means the act of focusing one's thoughts to ponder on, to think on, to read with thoughtfulness, to linger over, and to reflect on God's Word. Now, meditation is focusing on a passage or a verse or maybe a part of a chapter or maybe a topic that you're going through in the Bible. We begin to think about it over and over again in our mind, in our heart. And the Spirit of God will begin to shed light on the meaning of the verse and the topic, which helps us to understand it. So where is that going to happen? It's going to happen right here. I'm going through it, and and you're going to practice this with just two verses, not a chapter today, or not even a passage, a message. As you do this, for me to think about it, it has to be what? Quiet. I have to think about it. I have to be quiet. I have to read it again. And then you're going to say to God, what are you trying to say to me here? Why did you stop at this one? What is going to happen here? And so this is where you're doing it. And God is speaking to us already from the word. But you know, the one that's going to give you the insight to that is the Holy Spirit. Because he lives with you. He's in you. Remember, he will direct us into all truth. That's the truth. He will bring to our remembrance 
things. And so you have to be quiet. It doesn't extend your period of time. But you have to be quiet. Because now I'm hearing God speak to me directly with application for my own walk with God. See how personal that is? The Bible's filled with these verses. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Psalm 77. I will meditate on your works and consider all your deeds. That doesn't mean you're 24-7. Anywhere you go to lunch with somebody. Hey, I'd like to give you 14 verses I learned today. You ready? They will have, you'll be eating lunch alone, basically, from now on. It's not talking weird stuff. It's just meaning when God begins to speak to you, he can bring a verse back to you that you studied that morning or a passage that day. So it quiets our heart meditation. It enlightens our minds and our hearts. And pretty soon we get to see how great God is. Now, meditation is not just reading, but thinking and asking questions. What is God saying to me through this truth? What is he trying to change in my thinking? So we're going to practice. We're going to practice two verses. This is very simple, but I want you to see what if you sat down on Monday and you had these two verses in front of you, what would you think God was saying to you? What would it look like? Well, let's take the first one. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. So let's just break it down. Your own ears, God says. Your own ears. What does that mean? That's my ears, my spiritual ears. It's personal. You know, when we meet with God, it's personal. As we're meeting here with thousands of people listening to me, God is speaking to every single one of you. It's personal. I'm just the voice. The Spirit is speaking to you. And so here it is. Your own ears... Maybe we'll hear him. Is that what it says? What does it say? Say the word with me. What does will mean? It's going to happen. What is that? It's a promise. From who? Exactly. Not from me. Not from you. Your own ears will hear who? Him. He's speaking right through the word of God. Now, what's he going to say? Right behind you, you will hear a voice. What does it sound like? It's not that kind of voice. Who speaks to us today? The Holy Spirit. He speaks in a spirit voice to our heart and to our spirit. You will hear, of, uh, right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. How many times did we need direction in our life? Think of the decisions you're going to make this week. Oh, my goodness. Now, some of them are no-brainers, but some of them, we really need help. What are we going to do? 
This is the way you should go. That's God's will for my life. That's all you want. That's all I want. God's will is better than my will. I need to hear God speak. And he loves to speak. Remember, the details of our life, he loves directing us. It's not just the big picture. It's the details. Whether to the right or to the left. Wow. That's a verse filled with promise. Now, is that different than just doing this? Uh, you'll hear ears right, right behind you, a voice saying, this is the way go, and I turn right and left. Did you get anything out of that? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you about? You have to read it with application. What are you saying to me, God? Here's my situation. Whoa, I need help. There it is. Now, the next one's even bigger. Look at Isaiah 26.3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. All of us have difficult times in life. We have circumstances, physical, spiritual, of course, all kinds of marriage things and relationship things that come in our lives. And many times in a physical way, you go to the doctor's office, he says, everything looks good. You had your exams, you didn't get all the results yet. Two days later, the phone rings, and the nurse says, you need to come back as soon as possible. Could you come this afternoon? The doctor's discovered something that he needs to talk about. Now, how are you feeling when you get that phone call? I'm full of peace, personally. No, I'm filled with what now? What am I filled with? Worry and fear. Am I right? What happens to your mind? Where does it go? Oh, I wonder, I wonder what that was, <laughs> that feeling, that cough, that whatever. And here it goes. I, I went through that a lot when I was sick for a long time. And in the middle of the night, God will wake me up. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whoo, whose mind has stayed on you. That's the living word of God. You don't need it today, but you will. We all will. And so you understand what that saying is. God, you will keep him or her in perfect peace. That's the kind of God we have. I need his peace. Now, how will that happen? Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Basically, what God is saying is this. God, I I just say to God, I need your peace. I'm going to the doctor. I don't know what that's going to mean, but I need your peace. And he says, you got it. You got it. Trust in me. Focus on me and forget the details. You got it? That's what God's trying to say. I've, God, I focus on your goodness and, my, and for instead of my circumstances. My thoughts are now not filled with fear and anxiety and doubt. They're filled with your peace. Thank you for your peace. In my heart. Now, do you only say that once? No, you're going to say it when you have lots of difficult things come in your life. I don't want to go through life with fear, worry, and anxiety. I want to go through life with the peace of God. That came from the Word of God. It's living, it's active, and it speaks to the core of ourself. Now, That means that you're going to say to the Holy Spirit, make that meaning clear to me right now. You stop me on that verse, 
What are you saying to me? How do I apply this in my life? Now, why do we have to continue to read, study, and meditate? Why do we need some kind of a devotional? Whatever you come up with, it's not my issue. Get in the Bible and let God speak to you. Whatever that is, why do we need this five days a week or however you want to do it? Well, it needs to be a habit. Why? Well, I already showed you that many times. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I need to be feeding my spirit. Let me give you four reasons we have to do that. Number one, we're in a war. Life is not a playground. It's a spiritual battle. The Bible tells us that that battle is personal, just as it was for Eve. She lost the battle when she doubted God's word. Don't lose the battle. The battle is a struggle between light and darkness, freedom and bondage, right and wrong living, and heaven and hell. Number two, we have three enemies. My old flesh, my old sinful nature, the world system that squeezes us into its mold, and of course, the devil himself. And the key is, we just talked about it really with that last verse, the battlefield is my mind. That's where fear comes. That's where anxiety comes. That's where God says, get rid of the fear, get rid of the doubt, let me put peace on your mind. That's the way we want to walk. Look at Romans 8, 6 says, the mind of the sinful man, which means simply an unbeliever. The mind of an unbeliever is death. There's no life in it. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Well, how can I have a mind controlled by the spirit? I'm in the word of God. That's the spirit of God speaking. He wrote the book to me. Now, Proverbs says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, so is she. See, how we think in our minds determines how we live. Number four, last one. Satan wants to control our thinking to think like him, the world, and our old sinful nature. That's the way he goes. Now, how am I going to defeat that sinful mindset, Satan, the world is against us. How in the world am I going to do that? One simple verse. Paul wrote it in the book of Romans. It says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Let me just stop for a second. Is this world that we live in getting more secular? Yeah, God's not a part of our world too much anymore in the United States. Killing babies at birth. I mean, a million other things. Now, you know, remember, used to put a hand on the Bible in the courtroom, all that stuff. They just cancel God. There's no need for God anymore. And we're seeing that everywhere. You see people just saying, at one of the schools, they took the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And one of the school, I think they were on the Board of Education somewhere up in Pennsylvania. They just basically said, there's no need for our kids to say the word God. So they eliminated God from the statement. That's amazing. So notice. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world because behind all of that is not man, it's Satan. But let God transform you into a new person. Watch this. By changing the way you think. What we think, we become. So we have to guard our minds. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. You see, thoughts are like seeds. You plant the seed. 
When you plant it, it brings forth its kind. The Bible is filled with God's thoughts. When we plant God's word in our mind, in our spirit, in those things, we will begin to think and act just like God. But if I'm planting nothing but secular books, nothing wrong with that. Educational books, nothing wrong with that. But if all I'm planting are things that are from the world, that's who I'm going to become. I need to plant the seeds from the living word of God. That changes me. Now, here's the key. When I told you about be careful, just don't, just don't read through the Bible and go, I've got it, Pastor Mark. No, it's excellent. But there's another part. God gave us his word, not just for information, but transformation. See, application of the word, the truth, makes all the difference. Spiritual transformation takes place via the renewal of our minds with biblical truth. The only thing that can really transform me to be like Jesus is the word of God applied. As I read it, then I put it into action. I understand what God's saying to me, and I do it. Remember in James, know the word, but do the word. That's that transformation that takes place. Now, the transformation is an ongoing process from the inside out. It gets into our heart and our mind, and pretty soon we're thinking like God. Remember, the Bible says you can have the mind of God. You can think like God thinks. And if I think like God thinks, I act like God. I become like Jesus, person that is changed by the power of God. Now, some people, you've probably been across a few of them. They know so many facts about the Bible. Remember I talked about the Pharisees like that? They knew fact after fact. They could rip it to you. They could quote it to you. They could do whatever to you. They memorized the whole Bible, whatever. And so they, they were prideful with that. But here's what Vance Hefner says. Some people, Vance Hefner says, know so much doctrine, so many biblical facts, that an encyclopedia couldn't even hold what they know. But what they know by experience, by applying those truths, could be put in a pocket notebook. We are like the man, there you are, whose suitcase is covered with foreign hotel labels, from all over the world. Wow, that really looks good. But the person never left Vieira. <laughs> well, Pastor Mark, I quote what version one? I'll quote it to you right now. Good. But you never applied the truth of the Word of God. You weren't transformed. You're foolish because there's no change in your life. I love that illustration. I think it's so true for all of us. And if you ever like to write something down, these are the two things I want you to write down. I'll give you a moment to do it. You are either in the Word, the Bible, and it's transforming you to be like Jesus. There's only two options. Or you're in the world. And it's squeezing you into Satan's mold. So let's just stop and have a seal a moment. Which are you in today? 
You say, well, Pastor Mike, I get in the Bible sometimes. Well, most of the other time, you will be in the world. You don't want to be in the world. That's not the way God thinks. I'm not talking about weirdness, reading the Bible 12 hours a day. I'm not talking about that at all. See, the end of the first part in the Word, and it's transforming you be like you, the end of that is heaven. The other one is hell. Oh, Pastor Mike, I'm not really into hell. Then you don't believe the Bible, and you can't be a believer. Sorry, you're not a Christian. See, you can't, like Thomas Jefferson, remember? Jefferson had his own Bible. He cut out stuff he didn't agree with. I'm serious. Literally cut out. That was his Bible. You cut something from this word, you're done. You have to believe it all or none. What part are you going to decide isn't God's? With your wisdom, you're going to do that? I think not. What did Jesus say in John 17? Your word is truth. All truth. Don't let the word. So many pulpits today, they just scratch it out. It's outdated, doesn't work, doesn't need it. My friends, every word in there. What did Jesus say? Every word of God. Don't become somebody who looks like a Christian, but doesn't believe the word of God. I want to read, I want us all to read it, and I want us to read it out loud. Don't read it like a my life will only... That's not reading. I want you to read it. And when you see a big only or when, let's understand that as you read it. Here we go. On the count of three. And if I'm not hearing you, I'm going to come right down next to you and say it in your ear. That's what I'm going to do. Here we go. Our lives will what? Only change when we change our thinking. What I think, I become. If I'm thinking wrong, I have to change my thinking. Now, here's the next one. Let's read it together. The only thing that can change our thinking is God's word. That's the sermon right there. The only thing that can change our thinking is the word of God. Are you in the word of God? Not just on the weekend. Are you being transformed by the power of the Word of God? When I used to be younger with my dad, who was a pastor and all that, it was never a question ever in our churches. Everybody brought their Bible to church. You know, you didn't have an iPad, an iPhone, none of that stuff, which I love that too. I love it. Actually, it's fantastic. But you know, you go to a lot of churches today, and nobody brings the Bible. Well, what did I just say? You can't change. You can't become like Jesus. You'll, you'll never. You're starving your spirit, man. Well, I don't need to open the Bible. I hear you speaking. Yes, you do need to open the Bible. It's alive. Get used to it. That's what gets us from here to heaven. Make sure to bring your Bible. Use it. God wrote it for you. He wrote it for me. I'm just a guy speaking the word. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark introduced the concept of biblical meditation. He taught about the differences between this active type of meditation and worldly meditation, which is passive meditation. You were shown many places in the Bible which encourages study and contemplation of God's word. This is how you learn how God thinks about your life. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This completes another section of Pastor Mark's series, Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. Next time, we'll begin the final portion of this teaching. You'll begin teaching about prayer in combination with journaling. You'll discover that the Bible assumes that followers of God pray to Him. You'll learn how to pray during your quiet time and how to listen for and to the Holy Spirit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.